0: Hello, White Rabbit, with whom are we talking today?
1: Today I'm talking again with Panji, who, as you may recall, is the gym guide for the lower and upper elementary classrooms at CASA. In this CASA behind the scenes episode, we focus on the operational aspects of gym lessons, but we also continue talking about what these lessons look like under the surface. Enjoy! Okay, Panji, let's start with the practical side of things. How many gym guides are working at CASA?
0: Well, actually, if you think about PA teachers, so physical education, there's only one, and that's me. And there are uh, some uh, other sport instructors, like Maurice, that are doing also all kinds of activities. When you say all kinds of activities, do you mean outside sports? The thing is, by law, you have to give the children uh, at least two lessons, a gym, a week, But in Pijnakker, there's not enough space at the gym. So our alternative is to uh, organize some activities outside. And Maurice likes to do sports. So he's doing that once or two times a week. But when we have the new location within a few years, we have our own gym or only uh, divided by at one other school. So I will do probably more gym also for lower elementary. But at this time upper elementary has uh, two times gym from me uh, and one time a lower elementary one lesson a week
1: so let's talk about the gym gear why is it important for children to bring proper clothes and shoes to the gym lessons
0: uh, i i saw in my career some nasty examples about children when for instance something fell down on their toe or we're playing soccer, football, and they, they kick a ball with their toe and they're not wearing a proper shoe. It can can hurt. And, you know, just for that kind of things, um, I really insist of wearing good clothing and good shoes.
1: So what do you think about the shoes that are meant for gymnastics? You know, the ones that have the leather sole?
0: I see them sometimes, but they're really soft and not really protective. So it's it's best to just wear normal indoor sporty shoes.
1: And do you also have recommendations
0: for gym clothing? We do have internal climate control in the gym. Okay. So it re- not really matters in what season or temperature uh, it is. It's it's always around 17-18 degrees. So well, let's say 95% of all children are a bit cold first 2 minutes. And then we always do a warm up and then I don't hear anybody complains anymore after. But of course there are always some children that are maybe feeling a bit quicker cold and they're more more difficult to warm up. Well, you can always take a jacket with a zipper or something. And I promise within 10, 15 minutes, he or she will lose the shirt. But that's okay. That's fine. It would be nice if it's not too wide, you know, not too big. They have to move easily in it. But that's fine. They can take an extra sweater, sure.
1: By the way, my daughter has mentioned some story about you doing a funny dance. Yes. Can you elaborate on that?
0: Yeah, you know what it is? When they do gym at children's house... Usually they just remove their shoes, their socks and they just go for it. But when you're at lower elementary, the the situation is different. They need to be responsible for their own stuff, change within a certain amount of time, take their stuff again back to school, leave it tidy when they go to the gym and they leave the dressing room. So there are all kinds of ways to be responsible for your own stuff and it's quite challenging for some for an age of five six to do all that uh, that thing so uh, i try to motivate them and you're mentioning uh, the dance well it's like this if all children are properly clothed with shoes with gym clothes short pants and and shirts to reward them i will do a funny dance And they really look forward to it. So what happens is they will motivate each other or I don't know, but it works so that everybody is properly clothed. So the crazy gym teacher can do with the chicken dance.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I must admit, I would have never imagined that this anecdote had anything to do with teaching children how to be responsible. Shall we discuss the gym locations now? How far are they from the main buildings of the school and how do children get there?
0: Well, at this time there are two locations. Just like the schools are separated, the gym is also. Uh, So if you're at lower elementary, the gym takes place across the street. So that's a one minute walk. And for upper elementary, it's more or less the same distance. It's a one minute walk from school. And when you're at upper elementary, the children go independently to the gym. And, and at lower elementary, they're always with a guide.
1: I have seen that the gym locations have changing rooms. So I suppose that that's where the children change into their gym clothes, right? So the child takes his or
0: her own clothing in a special bag or his, his, his general bag. And then the thing is, we have a, the boys and the girls are separate, probably good to know. Uh, we do have a shower, but we don't use it because I think the children don't sweat that much that it's really necessary We do recommend within this subject of hygiene that the child refreshes their socks and always refresh their gym clothes because sometimes there are children they they're maybe I don't know a little bit lazy and they think well it's quite convenient to just leave the clothes on and i put my normal sweater on top of it and i just go back at school but i think and we think as a team that is really not the way we should do it it's not really hygienic and it's it's a bit too too convenient so we try to inform all children listen if you're at gym you change and if you go back you change again so that's important to know
1: yeah yeah So for all the parents that are listening right now, remember the children should bring a dedicated set of clothes for gym lessons that is different from the clothes that they wear when they come to school. Another topic that I think is very important in the context of gym and sports in general is safety. So what can you do as a guide to prevent that children get injured during the gym lessons? I, as a guide, am
0: responsible for the safety of all children. On the other hand, I organized so many hours of gym and my statistics are quite good, (laughs) but still always hurts for the child also. But for me, mentally, it hurts when something happens. But to, to bring that to a minimum, I think there are some pillars that needs to be on order. And one of the first things I always try to do is to have the right mindset, to have the right focus. And I think I have a good sense for it because you can feel the, the, the atmosphere in a group when you're explaining something you get the the energy back so it's always feeling where's the group and what do i need to do as a guy to guide this to a good end uh, but the main thing is there are some tips and tricks to enhance the focus and one of those means is to warm up and it sounds so simple And it is, but still it's really essential. And warm-up, it's not only to warm up the body and the muscles and cardiovascular and everything, but it's also warm-up of the mind. And it's kind of almost a holistic way of seeing it. But for at least five, sometimes ten minutes, I try to warm-up. And it's also first general, and then the last few minutes specific, with the muscles that are central in that lesson and usually the first energy uh, spikes are then gone and they're focused and then I can go on with my lesson
1: and what do you do when an accident happens
0: fortunately it hasn't, hasn't happened so much I think two broken bones in total in seven years but still it's really awful What happens, well, what happens is, yeah, what can you say? Uh, I have in in my education and my yearly uh, courses of, uh, how do you say it, AIBO. Oh, really? You do have first aid training? Sure, for sure. Every year again. Uh, And and you have kind of a sense for severe and less severe Injuries. uh, injuries. Okay. When it's severe, I see it. And there's just something about the child's behavior that it's noticeable. And you see the color on his face and it's the way he's looking. And you really immediately think, okay, stop. But normally, you know, accidents can happen. And I, I have the rule in my gym for myself. If they on the floor for five seconds, then it's okay. But if it takes longer, I need to take another look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because they're falling all the time. I have also two children, and when my daughter falls down, her first reaction is, she look at us. What's the reaction of the parents? Yes. And after that, she decides how to react herself. Yes.
1: So that's, that says everything. So now that we have covered all these aspects on the physical side of safety, let's move into the emotional side. What are your thoughts on this topic?
0: the stories i know from parents or at, at academy is that the old gym 20 30 years ago there were two activities two big lines and every everybody had to do it and everybody had to see it for those who are really gifted there was a way of shining look at me but for those who don't it was terrible so the new gym is really different and the big goal for me personal is that if they think about gym i would like them to think about it as something where they smile about where they think yes i like it i like to move i like to be active and i I believe honestly
1: that it contributes an active lifestyle so what do you do to create a safe emotional environment in your lessons if I see behavior where they're picking on each other or, you know, they're not
0: really nice to each other, I will address it. The thing is, in my lessons, I'm not really able to, to talk with them in a way I really like. So it's really briefly. Yeah. And to prevent this, I need to construct the lessons that the, it's not really an issue. My way of teaching is... When you have an activity, you should have multiple levels. And Sometimes the approach you do by the prepared environment, and sometimes this approach translates in the assignments. You start with an easy assignment, and you differentiate within your assignment in the same theme. And you always start with a level that, well, let's say 95% of everybody could achieve. And then, well, say, let's say half goes on, and then half of the half goes on again and in that way everybody is participating on his or own level without the opinion of others because everybody is busy they're just into the moment and they're always boom 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 you know what i mean yeah yeah there's no time to to do crazy things
1: now that you have covered how you construct your lessons what can you tell us about the differences in content between lower and upper elementary
0: at lower elementary, the, the emphasis is more on uh, general motorical development, but not too much on the winning and the losing side of a game. Uh, first, they need to enjoy, they need to feel free, they need to uh, to work together, and it needs to be likely and, and of course, sometimes challenging, but on a certain level. And then when they go to upper elementary, things changing a little bit. I, I will do a bit more... the the more official sports like court soccer, tennis, or you know, and I want to provide them uh, with the introduction but in a way that they feel comfortable and that they they would like to win but it's also okay when they do not. And I tell them always that, uh, of course, it's nice to win But if you're always depending on that feeling and you lose, you're sad. So in my view, it's better to focus on that one action within the game, whether you lose or you win. And this is where you can grow and where you can be happy and proud of yourself. So if there is one individual action, this is your, your, your reward, it should be your shoulder tap, you know, I did well. And then if you won the game, well, that's a bonus. But if you didn't, who cares, I had a good action. And then you go on that
1: way and you always end with a smile in the dressing room. Definitely. But also developing the ability to reflect like this allows you to keep your frustration in check, which really helps to figure out what can you do better next time.
0: And the thing there with the sports, it's so much about winning. For instance, let's say if a child is playing outside school a certain level a sport like korfball or soccer, and for them it's kind of almost their identity. You know, they need to win no matter what. And for me, it's always a challenge to to guide that and then inspire them to use the energy in another way. I always say, you're really good at this or that, but what about the other ones? How can you use this energy to motivate or coach them? Because usually it's a team effort and, and you can do really well, but if the other ones are lacking, you know... Then the team doesn't win. So I try to find ways for
1: the individual to have a good time also. Before we go, I would like to revisit the new approach that you are developing for upper elementary. In the previous episode, you mentioned the goal book in which you and the child write down the gym goals. And then there is this whole aspect of the kids scoring themselves and each other. Can you walk us through this again? The goal book is already there. And then once
0: a month, for instance, I'll put all materials I can find in the gym, like in a prepared environment, And the children, they have one hour to go there to practice. And then at a certain time, they think, well, I think I have a certain level now. I would like to ask someone in my classroom or maybe the teacher to look at me. And where is my level now? And the benefit, I think, about scoring each other is that if you score another, you're not only scoring, you're also watching and you're learning, you know, and you can take something with it. So this is more or less the vision of the goal book and it needs to grow and it needs to get more meaning, but this is the the intention right now. So within a few months, we have probably more experience with this. And the big goal is that children will be more intrinsic, motivated to to make their own goals in gym like they're doing already in the classroom.
1: And I think that being exposed to score each other will help them develop their ability to provide constructive feedback to others. That's an incredible skill to have, because it will be very useful in both their personal and professional lives when they grow up.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I try to emphasize always to the children that it's it's not about the end goal. It's not about the end game. It's about where do you start and what hurdles did you take? And where would I like to go? And the most important thing, I think, is that they
1: know how to get there. What's the road in there? Well, Panji, it's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for taking the time. What a mind-blowing experience to see what the children do in gym lessons through your eyes. Priceless, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, stay tuned for the next one in which I'm talking to Nick, the guide for the Lower Elementary and Upper Elementary Digi Lessons. And of course, feel free to drop me an email to casastories at Casaschool.nl if you have any comments, questions or suggestions for improvement. ¡Hasta pronto!